Anarchism is not bombs, disorder, or chaos. It is not robbery or murder. It is not a war of each against all. Anarchism is the very opposite of all that. Find out for yourself. Tune into Subversion 1312. Live, Tuesdays 9 to 10 p.m. on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM or streaming 4ZZZ.org.au. Podcasts and related content available at subversion1312.org and channel0network.com. Conclusion? We stand for anarchy, anti-capitalism, anti-racism, anti-authoritarianism, internationalism, autonomy, direct democracy, ecology, self-organisation, solidarity, anti-fascism, anti-neoliberalism, anti-nationalism, atheism, equality and freedom. Tonight on the show, we're going to be talking to Andrew Leivold, who uh, everyone knows as the man behind Trash Video. Since then, he's gone on to become a filmmaker, which is fantastic. And he's a, a great raconteur. So we're going to be hearing some stories from him and talking about his next project, which is a documentary about Fred Negro, who is a legendary punk musician from Melbourne, from St Kilda to be exact, and that'll be a very interesting film, and there's lots of great stories to tell about that. I've heard some of them already, and uh, they may even require a concept warning Hey, Linda, how you going? Hey, I'm, pr- I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm surviving the coronavirus apocalypse wastelands came out tonight. <laughs> what, whatever eclipse it is, yeah. It, it, yes. Uh, and as always, safety first. Absolutely. Yes. So you've stayed up there on the Sunshine Coast tonight. Safe. Well, I've, I live up here now. Um, and have done since 2012. And it's um, there's an eerie calm in Maroochydore right now, um, you know, apart from the mad scramble to get every last packet of lentils off the shelf, um, thereby depriving me of my essential lentils. Um, you know, <laughs> that for me is more like the end of the world than uh, anything else. Well, it might actually... I, I was reading on some... Uh Facebook group for the locale that I, which I live, saying that oh they were panicking because all the meat was selling out, and I thought well, that might help people to eat less meat, and maybe that's it. People are buying lentils because there's no meat left, or and they've realised that um yeah, it lasts longer anyway, and it would make them well, last longer. Well, I mean, makes sense to us, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, yes. I, I don't think sense is the, uh, you know, the operating word um, right at this moment, which makes it really bizarre um, to be holding a crowdfunding campaign for a documentary film. I've got to say, you know, a few people have gone, Andrew, why are you doing a Kickstarter for your new film right when the world is 
you know, going to hell in a hand lotion bottle. And I'm like, well, when I started it three weeks ago, um, it wasn't like this. <laughs> you know, three weeks ago, I was on my way to Melbourne to do the Melbourne launch, and everyone was still going to pubs and not freaking out. And it's only, you know, in the last, what, three days that, uh, you know, the entire planet's in lockdown. It's going to be something that people can, maybe it's a positive thing. People can, like, they can hear about your film and they can feel positive towards the future because this film will be made. Oh, yeah, I know. And uh, I think if anyone's a little bit resentful of me going out and banging the can, it's because it's taking attention away from, you know, this panic mongering that seems to be endemic. Mm -hmm. Um, But ultimately, you know, art's going to survive. I mean, we're all going to survive. The planet will be maybe a little different, and maybe that's a good thing. Um, But ultimately, we all have to get on and, you know, shit, this is my job. (laughs) You know, like like every other musician who's um, slowly losing their source of income at the moment, you know... um, if I was working for Netflix in America, I'd be looking for work right now, you know, because Netflix has suspended all film production. The arts is taking a hammering in the short term right now, but ultimately, you know, this, this is, you know, it, it's, it's like art is what's going to um, outlive us all. And, um, you know, market fluctuations come and go, but stories of forever... And I personally think that the the story of Fred Negro, brackets, real name, (laughs) not a put on, um, and the old St Kilda music scene is actually a really interesting one. And one, I think, which um, is closest to my heart, apart from the fact that I've known Fred for close to 30 years now, is the fact that he lives his art whether it be, um, you know, drawing cartoons, doing canvases, playing music, or just basically being Fred. This is someone whose art is so indistinguishable from the the person that uh, that that process of living the creative life is so, um, I think, instructive for everyone right now in the middle of a global panic. You should point out that your crowdfunding campaign is actually going very well. Well, it was uh, last time it, I heard. It, it is. It, it's kind of weird. Like, we, we hit... I, I put a $7,000 target down purely because that's the absolute least amount of money that I could finish the shoot on. And, you know, Kickstarter is one of these all-or-nothing propositions. So if you didn't get 7000 then you get nothing. Um, but... In reality, it's going to take about a year for um, any government funding, either from Screen Australia or, or Screen Queensland, Film Victoria, to come through. And so, you know, to, to be able to pay people now is is the primary concern. And uh, we're just short of 10000 at the moment. And that was mainly in the first three days of, of the campaign, which is incredible. But it was only from less than 80 people, which is also incredible. <laughs> when you count it, it means that every person is putting on, on average, 
at least $100 into the campaign. So it means that a very small group of people are very excited about seeing this movie made. And outside that group of 80 people, it's like sound of crickets. So I'm, just, I'm like totally baffled. I mean, I, I know more than 80 people and I'm like, where the hell is everyone? So that's the reason why I'm banging the can really loudly at the moment. I'm like, you know, we need as much money as we can. And for the thousands of people I know who haven't put in um, for the campaign and the thousands and thousands of people who I don't know, please consider putting in for this music documentary because I think it's going to be a really good one. So you mentioned that the money is what you need to finish filming. So that to means finish the shoot, that's shoot, right, shoot. Yeah. So that's film. You're using like movie Hollywood terms now. Well, we've, we've already got um, 16 interviews in the can, um, and that was from a shoot from November last year um, where a friend of mine, Jonathan Sequera, who did the Radio Birdman documentary, um, descent into the maelstrom, um, drove himself down to Melbourne and said, look, <laughs> we're going to finish this. Uh, I'm sick and tired of hearing about you not having any money. Let's just do this without money. Mm. And um, so we got 16 people in the can, which which included um, Fred's daughter, uh, Fred's ex-partner, um, Cindy, who was also his, um, a backup singer in Fred's band, I Spit on Your Gravy, um, who, who toured up to Brisbane in the late 80s um, and played at the Outpost in the Valley, if anyone remembers the old days of the Outpost. Um, we also got people like Tim Rogers talking about how um, he thinks that Fred is the most interesting person that he's ever met in his life. And he says, and I've met a lot of people. He's in the um, trailer. If you click on to the Kickstarter campaign and um, watch the two-minute trailer, Tim's the first voice in there. And it's just such an astounding quote, you know, that... Uh, that that really puts Fred into uh, into context. I mean, he really is the musician's musician. So things are getting quite tight in that can. You said you put them all in the can, or you got them all in the can. Oh well, we, I'm, I'm I'm getting some really interesting characters. I mean, we've still got sixteen more interviews to do in a couple of months' time once the once the dust settles and we're actually allowed to, you know, leave our houses again. Um, but the the other thing that I'm fighting at the moment is time because a lot of the guys that we want to interview are starting to get on and they're not in great health. And in fact, the um, one of the guitarists of um, the, the Fuck Fucks, who we just listened to, he was scheduled as um, the first interview of the November shoot. And he sent me a message half an hour before our interview and said, I'm not feeling really good. Sorry, man. I said, Tristan, not a problem. We'll schedule you for another time. Within a week, he was in hospital. Um, his, his kidneys had failed. And within three weeks, um, he was in the ground. So, and, and this is a guy I've known since I toured Fuck Fucks up for the trash video, um, you know, second birthday party back in 1997. A, a, a mate of 22 years 
and he's gone. So, you know, the, the, the other thing that we're kind of addressing in the documentary is that St Kilda was such a wild place and it was such a hedonistic lifestyle that everybody led that um, the the cost of that lifestyle is now starting to manifest itself in a big way. I mean, people are starting to not be well and they're starting to die one by one. Yeah, the boomer remover is coming for trying them. Trying to get everyone's stories down. The boomer remover is coming for them. Yeah, well, apparently it's coming for all of us. I mean, if you listen to the, you listen to the Murdoch press, apparently we're all we're all doomed. Yes. Oh, look, it's, I'm I'm all right because I, I a giraffe came to me in a dream that I had when I was about twenty, and said that I've got until twenty thirty eight. So, you know, I've still got eighteen years before the giraffe that reaper works. comes for me. So, apparently, not all of us are going to die. <laughs> Great. Well, we can look forward to many more films in that time. I'm going to go to another Fuck Fucks song and then we'll come back and talk some more. Just 
with another Fuck Fox song. Because tonight we're talking to Andrew Leevold, who is currently producing a film about Fred Negro, the uh, legendary punk musician from St Kilda in Melbourne. Andrew, what's uh, what's Fred up to these days? Um, it's it's a really interesting transformation that Fred's made over the last few years. Because if, if you if you know his background, um, you'd know that he started playing in bands in the late seventies um, in St Kilda, um, starting off in a band called the Additions um, with uh, Shireen from I'm Talking as one of the vocalists um, before he became part of the most infamous punk band ever to come out of Melbourne, I spit in your gravy. That was the the incarnation that came up to Brisbane in, I think, 1986, 87. And, uh, you know, just laid Brisbane to waste back then. Um, It was a a very controversial figure down in Melbourne. Fred Nile wanted his blood. Um, (laughs) You know, uh, a lot of people found his um, artwork offensive because he was very... Um, very deliberately sacrilegious and attacked the church and attacked basically every every taboo subject that was put in front of him. That was, you know, punk (laughs) back in the 80s. And um, then um, slowly over the years, he's almost become a respectable artist. And um, in the last couple of years, I've um, I've been going down to Melbourne for four years now conscientiously filming stuff for this documentary and a couple of the times I've been to these art exhibitions of his where he's now selling canvases you know his his new thing is um, uh, a, a really bent take on pop art uh, but he's selling canvases for more than a thousand dollars a piece and uh, it's almost like Fred's becoming a respectable part of the Melbourne art scene. I mean, I, I say almost because there's still an incredible amount of resistance towards allowing someone like Fred to to enter the inner halls of of the um, of the art scene. I mean, he's he's always going to be perceived, I think, as an outsider, just because he is so deliberately anti everything. And I mean that that's one of the reasons that that I'm drawn to him because. You know, I, I did my first documentary about Wang Wang, the ultimate outsider, um, the two foot nine James Bond of the Philippines. And so, you know, I, I'm very much interested in, in these kind of marginalized um, characters. Um, and Fred being someone who is just so funny and and smart, as well as being you know, silly and obscene. I, I love that dichotomy. It's also, is it going to be a bit about St Kilda or, uh, you know, about the music scene in, in St Kilda yeah. and the gentrification oh, yeah. of St Kilda? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I hate to use the phrase love letter too, but I mean, it is. It's, it's my love letter to St Kilda and looks at the changing face of St Kilda as, as a character. In the documentary, you know, um, going from, um, you know, family beach back in the 40s to 
bohemian enclave in the in the 50s and 60s to pit of hell <laughs> if you listen to you know um uh, any decent folk back in the 60s and 70s they they would say that st kilda had become um an open sewer and uh, attracting every kind of deadbeat and drug addicts in in melbourne and uh, which made it the perfect breeding ground for punk um, alternative music um, you know uh, all kinds of outsider art Um, and then of course since the 90s the place is gentrified and it's almost unrecognisable I mean I was in the Esplanade Hotel a couple of weeks ago and and it's now a generic gastro pub this was Fred's office back in the Back in the eighties and nineties, and, and now it's um, it's a place where people can wear their two hundred dollar shirts and talk loudly into mobiles, going, "Oh, isn't this so edgy? This is so amazing!" So yeah, so you got the changing face of St Kilda, but you've also got the changing face of um, alternative culture and and how it how it did change in the nineties once Triple J went national. And Big Day Out started to squash um, local band scenes. It became very national and very homogenous, this idea of um, alternative music. And so we kind of touched on that as well. But primarily those stories are focused on a biographical and, and character portrait of Fred himself. And Fred's story is, is emblematic of these, you know, much bigger bigger picture stories. Wow, so that sounds like a very important documentary too, very interesting, but also a very important documentary to make sort of documenting St Kilda, but also the Australian music scene and Fred. Oh yeah, totally. And and I really think that um, this, this is something that is going to play well overseas because... No one's really labelled um, that St Kilda music scene uh, in a, in either a book or a documentary or or, um, or film. It, it's something that um, it's like an it's like an undiscovered little corner of Australian music. And really, you know, when you when you look at overseas, there aren't that many stories about Australian music being told to an international audience. Last documentary I can think of um, that might have found its way overseas was Autoluminescence about Roland S. Howard and Blokes You Can Trust, the one about Cosmic Psychos. Two very Melbourne stories, but it, it's not really about you know, St Kilda. It's, it's more about a broader um, Melbourne music scene. But St Kilda is very much at the forefront of, of my film, which is called Pub the Movie. Um, apart from the fact that a lot of it is shot in a pub and it's set in a pub <laughs> and there's like bands playing in pubs. Pub was also Fred's comic strip for about 30 years and he chronicled his life and the life of everyone around him in St Kilda religiously every week for 30 years. And I think that in itself is a is a phenomenal achievement. Look, I tell you what, if anyone... Um, wants to um, support the documentary, just Google Pub the Movie Kickstarter and that will take you straight to the website and uh, you can either just make a donation or you can get a, a T-shirt. 
you can get your name in the credits, you can get your your face on on the movie poster, you can get Fred drawing you pictures, um, whatever your heart desires. Um, I will probably be able to make that happen because movies is magic. <laughs> I I came along to your launch in Brisbane of the Kickstarter and I got a Wang Wang shirt for twenty five dollars. Yes, you do. Well, you you can also pledge for a Wang Wang shirt or even a trash video shirt. Oh, wow. oh, that'd um, on be... the on the Kickstarter website, so there's cool. there's a lot of personal so cool. memorabilia going on there as well as Fred related stuff. I'm going to I want to play a song by the Vagina Billies. No, and uh, if you God help us all, yeah, uh, <laughs> tell me what tell me a song to play, and I'll see if I can do it. Oh, look, we got on the Triple Z Hot 100 a couple of years ago when the when that CD came out. Um, the CD is called Every Day Starts With an E, um, which is not only true, <laughs> it's also true. Um, it's it's uh, our cover of Dragon's Rain. Um, oh, yes, yeah, Rain. I've got that. Une- unexpected hit on the Triple Z Hot 100. We, all, we were just taking a piss, and um, somehow it, uh, it stuck. Okay, I'm going to play that now, and we're going to come back and talk to you, Andrew Leevold, about your time at 4 Z on the Anarchy Show, which is the show you're listening to right now.
Aniki Show, Subversion 1312. Linda and Colin are talking yeah. to Andrew Leibold, who is... And just like that, after that Vagina Billy song, all credibility has just gone out the window. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you... Uh, here, here's to give you some more credibility or to give you less credibility. You used to do this show, the Aniki Show, back when... Uh, back. In the early 2000s when the show was on Monday from 12 to 1. And since then it's moved yeah, to account for... Yeah, because I remember going to get sushi afterwards. Uh, <laughs> yes, I think everyone at Triple Z has stories about what they do after their, after their show. <laughs> when, I, when I did the news show with John Baird when I first started, he used to play a half-hour show from 3CR and go down to the Hare Krishnas. <laughs> at 2.30 because the food was free at 2.30. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> no. John... Uh, we've all been there. Yeah, well... <laughs> Wait, waiting in line for the freebies <laughs> at the Harry Christmas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. So, Andrew, t- tell us about your time on the Anarchy Show. Well, it was when Danny Zavella was um, hosting the show and uh, because we were doing a lot of um, film stuff together she was um doing screenings through trash video and you know we we do other film projects short films and music clips together um i seem to be uh kind of like a comic foil for her so um i'd i'd come on and you know basically give glib commentary to um all of the important stuff that she would research and i would just comment on and then uh, I would have a little conspiracy corner where I'd pull out some of the um, weird shit that I'd just been reading about that week. Um, and it, it worked really well for a couple of months. Um, from Mary, it was, like, great fun. And it was um, it was great to be um, involved in Triple Z in an ongoing basis because I hadn't really done that since about 97. I think 1997 was when... Gary got me to take over his spot on the movie show ah, for the uh, best best part of a year. Oh, well, I did so some that was, time. That was I, my, my stint. I did um, time on the first, movie first show, too. regular stint was uh, at, at the movie show. Yeah. And it's so weird, you know, when I, when I keep going back as a guest and see Gary sitting across the table from me, I still think of him as, as um, I, I feel like I'm his replacement or he's my replacement, uh. something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah the anarchy show was great fun and uh you know i i've managed to cram in a lot of emma goldman quotes awesome. um in, into the memory bank and yeah i really miss those days well since you're on the phone now and we're chatting and i was just saying that this the the film you're doing because it's about the punk music and music industry yeah. that uh, i was saying that we can talk again and even if you're in Brisbane you could join us in the studio yes please oh yeah I'll bring in a big bag of CDs and we can just uh, sit around <laughs> have a platter party yeah fantastic totally up for it anytime yeah. uh, anytime I'm in town for sure yes okay uh, we'll wait till till after this uh, virus has passed passed over or yeah i'll wait until the troops allow me through the roadblocks yeah um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes you'll cross the wasteland 
into oh, man. Four Triple Z. At least watching all those Mad yeah. Max ripoffs from the uh, Philippines, you know, uh, it's finally starting to pay off now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, uh, I think now it's time to cut you off. This time is now time to say oh, goodbye. Sure. Okay, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. And, uh, and hey, thanks, um, see you on the other side of the apocalypse. Yes, take care. Take care up there. And remember, pub the movie Kickstarter. Google it, watch the trailer, go Dada in St Kilda. Check out Subversion 1312 online. Subversion1312.org Facebook.com forward slash Sub Anarchy Show. On Twitter, Anarchy underscore show. And on the 4ZZZ website, 4ZZZ.org.au. that violence can be even even applied to the natural environment because we rely upon the natural environment for our survival. But inanimate objects, especially those that are man-made and are used to destroy life, I don't think you can be violent too. I think it's a lot of times more violent to allow them to exist. Academics regret kicking out such a genius. Deciding to build my lab and do my research. The Time Talks Podcast. Have you ever stared at a 500-page book and wish you could just talk to the author about their ideas instead? If so, the Time Talks Podcast, part of the Channel Zero Network, is for you. Where we discuss history, politics, music, and art with an anti-authoritarian and anarchist perspective. The Time Talks Podcast. What's this light? I feel different. The Time Talks Podcast. After the 2016 election, a lot of us woke up to some harsh realities. In the aftermath of dark events, I came back to political work with a new sense of urgency. But after a few months of showing up to protest every weekend, I started to burn out. It didn't feel like anything was changing. In fact, maybe things were even getting worse. And it got me thinking, what comes next? Rebel Steps is a podcast about what comes next. You'll hear episodes on letter writing to political prisoners, practicing mutual aid, and creating political art. 
You'll hear the voices and stories of my community in New York City, spotlighting a range of organizers from the Metropolitan Anarchist Coordinating Council, NYC Books Through Bars, Anarchist Black Cross, Lower Manhattan Food Not Bombs, Brand Workers, and more. I'll walk you through what you can do to start plugging into movements and learning organizing skills step by step. If you've been to a march or two and you're looking to jump in, this podcast is for you. Or if you have friends looking for more, pass it on. Listen at rebelsteps.com, on iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast.